24, verses 3 and 4 say, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I want my home filled with precious and pleasant riches. I want my marriage full of those things. So you see at the top, I'm going to talk today about some building blocks of a great marriage. You have a little addition um, blanks there. So I'm going to give you some things to fill in. I'll keep you a little interactive. Knowledge plus understanding equals wisdom. Knowledge plus understanding equals wisdom. And those three words, of course, were there in those two verses. So we're going to talk a lot about that. I like to define words. So we will do some defining of words. Your first little blank says the founding of a great house takes wisdom and understanding. The founding of a great house takes wisdom and understanding. The filling of a great house takes knowledge. The filling of a great house takes knowledge. So I want to define a few words. Wisdom um, is beneficial. It's constructive. It builds up and improves. Wisdom is knowledge applied. So it's taking what you've learned and applying it. It's facts, it's information, it's comprehension, all applied. Understanding is the comprehension. And I think even there we can get that establishing because our verse says, and by understanding it is established. Established means to settle permanently. So by understanding we can permanently settle our homes. And then your last definition is knowledge. And that is facts and information acquired through experience. Knowledge is hands-on. Knowledge fills the house with precious and pleasant riches. It's kind of like the icing on the cake. That's the best part. If some of y'all heard me talk, have heard me say I love sweets. I love them for breakfast. I have a sign in my kitchen that says eat cake for breakfast. So knowledge is like the icing on the cake. So then what I did was I just kind of made my own little thought there. I put it on your paper. Through wisdom is a house set up and by skillfulness is it stable and by awareness shall the innermost parts be full of excellent and sweet substances. I want that for my home. I want that for my marriage. I want to take the knowledge and the understanding and apply it to wisdom. So let's, you know, Proverbs 14, one, it says every wise woman does what buildeth her house, but The foolish plucketh it down. So I want to talk, number one, would be the building block of growing in God's Word or working on yourself. Number one, the first building block for a great marriage will be growing in God's Word, working on yourself, becoming a wise woman. And no doubt there are many of... How many of you have been saved over 25 years? Saved over 25 years. Yeah, there should be a lot of wisdom coming from you um, to help those of us. I have only been saved. It'll be 23 years in December. I was 19 when I got saved. So um, a wise woman, I'm going to give you a few things that a wise woman does. A wise woman learns from God's word. That's your first blank, learns from God's word. If we're going to help our marriages, we're going to have to continue growing, continue growing in the Lord. 
And this may seem basic to you, but I know as seasons of life change, it, sometimes we have a hard time with just our daily walk with the Lord. Um, some seasons we're, we're on it and we don't miss, and then some seasons we miss. It, life gets busy. You wake up in the morning, your feet, and before your feet can hit the floor, everything is upside down. Everything. And you lay down that night exhausted, and you're like, oh, I didn't read my Bible. Oh, no. And I don't like to read at night because I will go to sleep. And I know a lot of people that do read at night, and that is wonderful. I have to read in the morning. And even if I'm at 11 o'clock, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I like to read my Bible and have my time with the Lord first thing. So um, if we're going to have good marriages, great marriages, if we're going to even be as good thing, we've got to work on ourselves first. And we've got to stay in God's Word. So I'm going to challenge you. Stay in God's Word. Learn from God's Word. I didn't bring my prayer book in. It's packed in the suitcase. I keep up in my prayer book, my first page. I keep up with how many days of the month I spend my time with the Lord. And I think it's kind of like church attendance. I think some people would be shocked if we returned to them their six-month attendance sheet for the year, January to June. I think I, we have people in our church that would say, that is not my attendance sheet. <laughs> I did not miss that much church because we don't think about it. You miss a service Wednesday or the hour Thursday or and then the next Sunday night. And then in two weeks, you miss the Sunday morning. And then in two weeks, you miss the third. By that point, you have missed five, 10, 15 <laughs> services. So I, even in our devotional time, I see at the end of the month, this month had 31 days, and I missed. But it keeps me accountable. So we, as wives, to help build a great marriage, we've got to work on ourselves. So we've got to learn from God's Word. Your second blank, willing to learn and accept reproof. Can you be corrected, not just from your husband, willing to learn and to accept reproof, not just from your husband, but if you were to be corrected or um, admonished, does that bother you? I want to keep a teachable spirit. I appreciate you seasoned ladies in here, seasoned more than me, um, to listen to a younger lady, um, to be able to, to understand that I, I don't have it all together. I don't. I'm a mess. <laughs> it will probably come out eventually. I'm a mess. Um, and if we're honest, we all would say that. There are some things we've got down, and then there's some things I don't have down. But I want to always, as I age, I want to be able to accept reproof, to continue learning, to, to, to continue becoming more like Christ. And a wise lady will do that. A wise woman, your next just really long line. A wise woman is highly treasured and in high demand. I don't know about here in Pennsylvania, but in North Carolina, we need some godly wise women. They are becoming few and far between down south. <laughs> they really are. Your pastor's wife and I were having some discussion about that. But down south, we are um, in, a, in a drought of, of godly women. So a wise woman is highly treasured and in high demand. A wise woman is continuing to grow herself. That's your next long blank. Continuing to grow herself. Can you be checked on something? Can you be, can you be even corrected? Back to that reproof. Can your husband 
if you had discussion last night and he gave you something he would like for you to work on, did you receive that? And in a month, if that comes back up, can you receive that? Sometimes it's easy on a weekend like this to receive that because that's all you've heard. You've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. Um, And he's hopefully feeling the same way. So that's easy to. But what happens in a month when he comes home and something he likes done, you didn't do, and he says something about it and you're like, I'm not doing that. So can we continue to grow? Can we be checked? Um, A wise woman is consumed with her own spiritual growth. Consumed with her own spiritual growth. I talked a little bit about that last night about how um, some women like to play the Holy Spirit for their husbands. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm trusting the Lord to deal with him. Even like my children. That's one of the things I pray for my kids. And my kids will be caught when they're guilty. How many of you have all teenagers or adult children, young adult children? I pray that my kids will be caught when they're guilty because they're not perfect. And if your teenager has this and ours do now, we waited until they, everyone was different. In our house, everybody doesn't get the same um, privilege. You earn them. So everybody doesn't get their driver's license at 16. You will earn that. Everyone doesn't get a phone at whatever age. It's because you need it. And we've had to take them away because we've said, don't be on them in the car. My husband got behind one of our kids driving on his phone and he swerved. And my husband said, you'll have a flip phone. So we went and got a flip phone and he took away a smartphone and all that. So, um, don't be, get so consumed with him and his spiritual walk that you neglect yours. A wise woman is consumed with herself. And your last little blank, a wise woman who is building her house is making her husband better. I want Michael Poindexter to be better because I'm working on myself and I'm becoming better for him. Better for the Lord and better for him. Number two, did I give you that? Can I have that um, mine back? So I'm just making sure I don't <laughs> get off track. Number two, I did want to say this. A lady we can learn much from in the Bible because of her poor example is Eve. And Eve listened to the enemy in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 and 3. I'm going to read that. Eve listened to the enemy. And I say that to say to us. Do not neglect your time with the Lord because the enemy is lurking. He is watching. He studies our lives. And if we're not close to the Lord, that's when he strikes. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You should not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. She had been told what to do. She had been instructed what to do. She was not walking closely with the Lord or her husband at this point because he's not there. They're not together. And she was deceived. She listened to the enemy. A wise woman who is growing in God's word and working on herself and daily staying in the word is not going to be easily. She still will be. He's still going to whisper, but not going to be easily led astray. And she was. So stay close to the Lord. Number two, your second building block of a good marriage is that we would manage our time. 
25 years ago, I don't think that was nearly the struggle that it is today. And it's here, I find, as a mother of, of teenage children. When my kids were young, this you just texted on this and made phone calls. You did it. Spend hours and hours, and how many of you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you struggle with this becoming? Go to your screen time if you have an Apple device, and it'll tell you what you spent on this today, last week. And there are weeks on Sunday. My notification comes on Sunday morning, so I'm getting ready for church. Your screen time is, and I'm like, oh no, Lord, I don't want to look at that before church. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that because I'm ashamed at times. The amount of time I spent here. A wise woman who's, who's building her home, her marriage, is going to manage her time well. We all have the same amount of time. As a young mother, um, it seems like that gets all out of whack when you've got this and that and this one in school and that one doing that. And then for the teenage mom, it's still very difficult to manage my time. Um, I touched on this yesterday. Save time for him at the end of the day. Be aware of this. Don't be lazy. I feel like Eve lost some self-control, verses verse 6 of chapter 3. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye, she knew not to eat it, but she saw it. And the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit, the fruit thereof and did eat. She had no self-control. Ephesians 5 tells us that we all have the same amount of time. I'm going to read that for you. I want, I want you to hear it. And it's a very familiar verse, but I do want you to hear it. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Our husbands will appreciate it if we learn how to manage the time well. Whether you work out of the home, whether you stay in the home, he will appreciate that. How's your time management? As an older lady who maybe doesn't have any children in the home, maybe you don't work, maybe you get to stay home. Maybe you're there all day. How is your time management? That's going to change right now. Some days I manage it well. I'll share with your pastor's wife. I played the piano at the very beginning of our church plant. My husband put me in lessons. Um, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> so I don't enjoy playing the piano. I do not like it at all. I played for a little bit, and then our daughter was able to get well enough at eight years old to play for the church. So I graciously bowed out. I've started practicing and playing again. I played for the first time last Wednesday, um, first time in 10 years. I've never even played in the building we're in, nor the piano that we have. Um, but that's taking some time management because I do not, you know, when you go to piano lessons, you have to you block out that time and you're paying for that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not doing that. And I've been saying for five years, oh, I'm going to practice the piano, practice the piano. I'll practice once in the year, twice in the year. <laughs> so, um, but that's my fault. That is all my fault. The, fa- the fact that I did not stay practiced up was my fault. I had poor time management. And even though I'm not a good pianist, I saw that that was important to him. Because as a pastor, if, if he has his wife and she can play, he always has a pianist wherever he goes and preaches. <laughs> So I'm ashamed that I, um, in the years, just 30 minutes a day is not that much, especially when I'm spending two hours here or three or however many. What a shame. What a shame. So a wise woman, a woman who's building her marriage is, is a good time manager. 
So be careful with that. Number three, the building block. Oh, I didn't give you blanks. Let me give them to you girls. I'm sorry. All right. A good steward of 24 hours in the day. So that was your first little blank. A good steward of the 24 hours in a day. You'll save time for him at the end of long days. Do that. Even if it's just a small conversation, keep time for him. Put the kids to bed. (laughs) Be aware of your phone time. And don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. And you'll do whatever it takes to better your husband and your family. You'll do whatever it takes to better your husband and your family. I want to build that block. I want to use wisdom and build that block of managing my time. It's going to take wisdom to be a good time manager, assured of of that. Number three, the building block of protecting what God has given me. Protecting what God has given me. We read Proverbs 14.1 at the beginning. A wise woman buildeth her house. She's protecting. If things are good at home, you want to work at keeping them that way. I feel like, um, man, if they're good, protect it. If they're not, work. I feel like Eve was not content with where she was. She wanted something bigger, better. Uh, The enemy said, you can be like God. And I think contentment amongst my age and younger is becoming a real issue because of this, what we see other people's lives, what their home looks like in their living room and all this aesthetically pleasing. My girls are, you know, 20 and below. So everything is muted and, you know, white or cream or green plants. And when I was a 20 year old, everything was loud and Mm -hmm. colorful. And they're like, mom, that, that stuff from two years ago does not work anymore. (laughs) We are allowing this and everyone else's best to cause us to not be content. And um, I want to protect, if my husband hears me complain regularly about what we don't have, what we can't do, what I can't drive, can't wear, can't decorate with, I want new fall decorations. Fall's my favorite. And my daughter came in and said, Mom, you do something different with the mantle. And I said, okay, you go pick it out. She said, well, give me your card. And I said, oh, no, no. You pay for it. I'm perfectly content with the mantle. (laughs) That changed her tune. But as a young mother, wife, that can be an issue. As a middle-aged, golly, (laughs) middle-aged lady, that can be an issue. Um, I really wanted something this summer. And um, I normally let things go. I wanted to go on vacation. If you're, sometimes if you're a pastor's, family, your trips can be about ministry. So every time we would go somewhere as a family, someone was ministering. My husband was preaching or I was speaking. I said, I'd really like to go on vacation this year. No, no preaching, no speaking, just nothing. And when I told him what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and how much that was going to cost, he was like, "Uh uh-uh. So I didn't say anything else. And then I'm not saying do this. I'm saying I did this. (laughs) So I came back and I said, I really want to do this. He's like, I don't really want to spend that kind of money. And I said, well, well, because we can go stay over here and not spend that money. We can go stay over here and not spend that money. I'm like, we've already done that. I want to go do this. And I left it alone. And then I came back a third time. (laughs) I said, look, I really want to do this. And so we did it. 
And then I've, he, I've said to him since, are you glad we did it or not? And he said, I'm glad we did that. I don't know if that was right. It wasn't like I pouted, pushed back, and punished. Because I didn't. I said, okay, we won't. Okay. I'm like, I really want to do that. I think we really need to do that. And I didn't say I told you so, but he did enjoy it. And he has said publicly, we needed that as a family. So, and I was content. There have been many, 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 many years that we have not gone on vacation. Many years. We could not afford to go on vacation. Um, be content. And I was content in those seasons. And, I, and, I, and then there's times that I haven't been content, like this time. I wasn't content <laughs> to not go on vacation. But be content. Protect what you have. Be content with what you have. If our husbands continuously hear us say, this is not good enough or this is not enough for me, that wears on him, especially if he's the only money maker, if he's the only one bringing in money, that can wear on him. So protect what God has given you. Be content. Um, what did I, okay, your first blank, trust. Your first blank is trust. Protect it. Be careful with it. Hopefully you do have full trust with your husband and he has full trust in you. Be careful and protect that. Work extra, extra hard. Uh, be careful with your phone and who you communicate with. Be careful with your behavior and how you are around um, other men. Be very careful. Trust is harder earned a second time if it can even be earned back. So be very careful. Um, understand that the adversary would love to wreck your marriage, would love to wreck my marriage. Understand that. Protect it. Protect what God has given you. And be careful of what, who and what come in your home. Be very careful. A wise woman who's building her marriage is going to be careful of what comes in her home. Be very careful. Number four, the building block of knowing what makes your man tick. What makes him, what makes him work? What makes him tick? That's what I've called it. What makes him tick? You know what makes him tick. You know what makes him mad. You know what makes him happy. You know what makes him glad. But knowing what makes him better and doing it. Learn him. Study him. This is work. Learning him is work. But him learning us is doubly work. My husband says, your love language is not words of affirmation. Your love language changes every day. And it probably does. I'm probably harder to learn than he is. But a wise woman who is working on building her marriage is going to know what makes her husband tick, what makes him happy. Um, in our verse we read, Proverbs 24.3, it says, Through wisdom is a house builded. Through wisdom, learn him and apply that. How does he feel loved? Um, what, if, you don't, if you aren't familiar with the love languages, there, there are five. Physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, and gifts. Yeah, I remembered them. How does he feel loved? That's going to change. Sure, as we get older, it changes with the day for some of us. It changes with the moment for some of us. But how does he feel loved? We know what sets him off. I know a few things I could do right now that would set my husband off. Things he doesn't like in the home. Um, things he doesn't like for me to do. A way he doesn't like for me to behave. You can tell that I'm not a quiet person. I am um, animated. I'm loud by nature. So... I very quickly can turn it on and set him off. <laughs> I 
I'm a little much for some, okay? I am. I can know y'all cannot imagine that, but I am a little much for either even some southern people. And I know now in ministry, I can set him off very quickly. Um, we know how he likes the home run. We know that. We know how he wants. You know, if you've been married five years, you know the things he likes. Does he like supper on the table when he walks in the door? Does he want your full undivided attention when he walks in the door? Does he not care? Does he like the home picked up? Does he not care? We know. Study him. What makes him tick? Make the things important to him important to you. And that takes some practice. Don't make him feel like something is wrong with him because of the things he prefers. We prefer some things. Um, trying to, I don't, I don't, I think I can't. Hmm. Well, he knows I don't prefer shoes left around in the living room or the kitchen or in the bedroom. His shoes are big, 14. Does he my husband wear a 14? Those shoes are huge. So if you trip over that, you're going to break your ankle. He knows I don't prefer that. He still does it sometimes, and I'll make a deal about it. You know what I do now? I pick him up, and I just sling him in the closet, because I'm like, he'll get him, find him, he'll put him where he wants him. <laughs> I don't even fuss about it. I just pick him up and put him in there. Um, but he knows, and I know it's not really worth making a big deal about anymore. I'd rather have his shoes to pick up than him not be here to leave his shoes laying around. So, But do the things that are important to him. Make them important to you. Number five, the building block of putting him first. The building block of being a servant. We've heard that. He has talked about that and talked about that and talked about that. Because I believe it's key. Being a servant is spelled with four word, four letters there, W-O-R-K. <laughs> work. Being a servant is work. And this is key. John 13, our precious Lord, gave such an example. John 13, verse starting in verse 12. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you not what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I, so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And then in Mark 10:45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So being a servant is going to take work. It's also going to take for us balance. And I think this is where a lot of us probably, if we're honest, will struggle Balance, balancing the home, balancing the baby, balancing the children, balancing work, balancing being a wife, balancing ministry. <laughs> and, and you go, some days I have it all balanced. You know, I did not wait tables, and there's a reason I am not graceful. And then some days it is all out of balance. Um, and so I just want to say this about balance. Keep your Walk with the Lord priority has got to get in. I am no good for anybody in my home if I'm neglecting my time with the Lord. Be very purposeful about that. Keep up with that. Keep you an attendance chart. This is September the 3rd. Keep an attendance sheet for this month and just see how, how often do you show up for your time with the Lord. And then keep your husband in his place. He's number two. Of course, our kids come next and keep them there. There are going to be times where that is easy and then times where that is harder. And then your ministry and your work comes after that. My primary ministry when my children were all small 
was in the home. And as a church planning wife, that was difficult. I had a lot of things to balance and juggle there, making sure that my children were not always neglected for the ministry. I hope my kids will grow up and say, um, my parents gave all to serve the Lord, but they didn't neglect us. And I don't even know how to do that. (laughs) I hope that's how they grow up and what they say. I hope we've spent our life for the Lord and the things of the Lord, but not at the expense of my kids. And even for y'all, if you're not ministry, if that's not where you even work, and if you have to work eight hours, yes, fine, but at the expense of work, did my children and my husband suffer? I don't want that. So ministry work would come after that. And I'm going to say to that in ministry, I want to give my best for the Lord. He deserves that. Ecclesiastes 9.10 tells us, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, to do it with all thy might. So exercise your gifts, your relationship with the Lord, your husband, your children, then ministry. Exercise your gifts that the Lord has given to you. He gives us accordingly. Everyone's not gifted to, I'm not gifted to play the piano. If y'all ever heard me play the piano, y'all would go, that poor pitiful lady. So I'm not gifted, but i Met a little season where we needed it, and I did it, and I don't love it, and I'm praying that the Lord will help me to love it. But some He gifts to teach, and some He gifts... I'm not compassionate. I don't have the gift of mercy. I don't. I know this. I'm, I try, and I try to sympathize with people, and I try really hard. That's not my gift, so I try to do it when I can. But He gifts us accordingly, so serve and use your gift... If you don't know what your gift is, talk to your pastor or his wife. They'll be glad to tell you where they would let let you try out your gift. <laughs> we do that. Let's try out your gift. Have a have a cut phone cut off time. That will help keep us in in balance. If you work, do your best. Be the best employer. If you stay at home with your children, train them to help you. That will help keep you in balance. Train them to help fold clothes and put up dishes and wash dishes. Um, Run the home the way that pleases your husband. That will help things um, stay balanced. Prioritize. Make a list. What needs to be done? Talk to him. Have him help you. Because if he feels like you're in balance, that helps me feel in balance. Um, Get your time in with the Lord. Save energy for your husband. Enjoy your kids. Plan and look ahead. We're in a season of life where, of course, you know my kids are older. But I still have to be intentional about how much I'm out of the home. Even though they can, they can pretty much handle it. My girls are cooking now for a meal tomorrow morning at church, and so they can do a lot of. But I have to, I have to look ahead. For instance, I knew we were leaving on Thursday, so we have a ministry that meets on Tuesday nights at church. I didn't go to that on Tuesday night because I needed to be at home with the kids that were at home because I was going to be gone for the extended. Month. So plan and look ahead. That is going to help you. Um, stay in balance, space out things. Um, talk to your husband again about how he feels like you're balanced. But but this will help us in our serving our husbands and working. Staying in balance is really going to help there. And then number six, your last building block after servant, is the building block of forgiveness. A wise woman is going to have and extend forgiveness. And you have a little keep blank. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to stress this, keep a short list. 
do not have a list of all the transgressions your husband has ever committed against you. A little remembrance and a Rolodex in your brain. I don't want people keeping a list of all the transgressions I've committed against them because I've committed a lot of transgressions. So as a wise woman who is building her marriage, I want to extend forgiveness because I'm going to need it. I'm going to mess up. And if you are in here today and you have a lot of things that you need to forgive your husband for, maybe you just need to tear it up, erase it, and just hand him a blank page. Not really, but you in your mind. Say, okay, fresh start. Blank page today. No list. I'm not going to bring it. I'm not going to leave the, what is it, the handles, bury the hatchet and leave the handle sticking out ready to just, just you do something and I'm going to... I'm going to remind you of what you did. We're both sinners. He's a sinner. I'm a sinner. That is not a recipe for perfection, (laughs) a recipe for disaster. Ephesians 4.32 tells us, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. If y'all were to be able to, and I'm so thankful you can't, just see a glimpse into things I've done in my 42 years, you wouldn't want to hear me today, but I think we all could say that because there are a lot of things there I've had to get forgiven for, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for forgiveness, so I want to extend it. I want to extend it to the one I love the most. I want it, I want there not to be an issue for him to get forgiven because when I need it, I want him to be able to do that for me. Uh, Mark, Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And if you have messed up and you need forgiveness, then own it. Just own it. Just be honest. Eve did it. Genesis 3, 13. And there's some things we can learn from this terrible situation. Genesis 3.13 says, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Did she own it? No. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Today the pastor said, Miss Poindexter, you took the last cinnamon roll. And I was like, Your wife, she was scooping. (laughs) And so someone said something about it. I don't remember if it was your husband or mine said something about this. Oh, yeah, that's in my notes today. (laughs) Just own it. I took the last cinnamon roll, y'all. And I'm really, they were wonderful. I would really love to know how you did those because I love cinnamon rolls. Those were wonderful. Just own it. If if we we want to forgive our husbands, I'm going to need forgiveness. So if you've done something, if he tells you something that he doesn't like, okay, okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own that. I'm going to eat that, and I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be like Eve and be like, well, it's your fault. If you would have done that, I've done that before. If you would have, then I would have. No, just own it. I want to have a great marriage. Proverbs 24.3 tells us wisdom, knowledge, understanding will help us to have established homes, to have precious and pleasant riches in our home. So we've got to take these things. Some of these things are experience. Some of these things were comprehension. Some of these things were those things put into practice. Just apply them now. If you haven't been, if you have skipped out on some things, just put them into practice to help your home, to help your marriage, to be make him better, 
I want him better. I want him stronger. I want him to serve the Lord in whatever capacity better because I'm doing my part to make him better. I'm doing my part to build and make a great marriage. I want I want that. I want that. And I hope you want that. And I have enjoyed being here. Y'all are precious. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, please write us at P.O. Box 126-541, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 17112. And visit our website at www.svbcpa.org. Until next time.